Hello and welcome to the Big 12 Country Podcast, where four guys in jockstrap will be covering college football and providing content and HSOs from around the Big 12. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Big 12 Country Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. And uh, joining me today is Corey. Hey, guys. Corey's our Iowa State contributor. I think most of you guys know him by now. And uh, on the other line, we got Tyler. What's up, guys? Hook'em horns. You guys doing all right today? Yes, sir. Yeah, doing good. Uh, doing pretty good. Um, thanks for asking. Uh, I'm glad you guys, you guys joined me today. I know the show's a little different. Um, normally, we you guys are hearing from uh, Colin or Kendall or whoever's helping me out, but uh, first, it's been, let me say it's been a crazy week. Um, that's why we haven't had a show out this week for, I know several of you have asked. Um, I don't know that he wants me to share, so I can't say who, but one of us had a death in the family. Um, and that pretty much just sent everything off schedule and we never could get back on schedule. So that's why we're doing the show. And that's also why Corey and, uh, Tyler are joining me today instead of the other two. So, uh, anyway, for those who asked, that's what was going on. I didn't want to go into all that on Twitter. So, um, but anyway, we're going to. And I know we didn't really get to do a review show, and I don't want to, because I like for me, somebody who listens to podcasts. I don't know how much you guys listen to them yet, but I by Wednesday, I'm ready to talk about the next week. So I don't want to spend too much time looking back because I know it would have been nice to get to talk about like TC Oklahoma game and all that stuff a lot, but it's Friday. Most people have forgotten about that. I mean, I'll be honest, that game feels like an eternity ago. So, uh, plus asking people to remember <laughs> things from six days ago when you guys have been writing and focusing on this weekend, I'm not going to do that. But just real quick summary, anything you guys took from last weekend that you want to mention, you're excited about, you're upset about, things you enjoyed, whatever, starting with Tyler, I guess. Um, yeah, just a little bit, a uh, little takeaway from the Texas game. A lot of people were, were talking about the, the defense and concern that we gave up 27 to Kansas. And I kind of went off on a Twitter rant on the team page and just mentioned that it, it really wasn't as bad as it seems. Uh, a couple of the of the scores were off of bad penalties and stuff that can be prevented. Uh, mm-hmm. And one of the touchdowns was a garbage time score. So I don't I don't think we're we're in as big of trouble as people think. Uh, we're just really going to need to focus on shutting down Will Greer, and the weather's going to help us a little bit this week. Uh, yeah. Other than that. No, definitely. I mean, yeah, I think the weather's obviously going to be a factor. I mean, Herman's had him playing with wet balls all week, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, obviously we'll have to talk about that a little bit more as we go. Uh, Corey, you got anything you want to mention? Uh, just about last week that um, I still haven't heard anything about Kyle Kemp, whether or not he's going to be back for tomorrow. Uh if I do, then I'll be sure to tweet it out as soon as I hear anything. But looking back on what Zeb Nolan did, it wasn't a fantastic game, but for a true freshman to be put in a spot against the number 11 team in the country, he did fantastic. And his only bad spot was he threw a pick that basically ended the game. But, I mean, he's a freshman. What can you ask of him other than to try his best? No, definitely. I mean, the guy, uh, I was impressed with him. I mean, I, I he definitely – and here was my question after last weekend – how many Big 12 teams can go as deep at quarterback as Iowa State does right now? That's for sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, as far as proving guys that we've seen, I don't know that anybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, 
We'll find out this week, though, with TCU, with Kenny Hill being out. See yeah. if they're... Yeah, I mean, obviously Oklahoma's got a pretty good backup and another one, we think. Um, we haven't seen a ton of either one of them, but um, let's see. West Virginia, no. Tech, no. <laughs> Tech may – I mean, Tech's got that freshman kid that's pretty good. I can't – I forget his name off the top of my head, but he's pretty good. The kid with the long hair. Um, he looked pretty impressive in the spring game anyway. So Baylor's actually about even across the board. Yeah, that's true. Baylor's got a few. They've definitely got more than one. Yeah, so, I think that freshman is actually the better of the two. I know. I uh, enjoy watching him. What was his name? I looked him up yesterday. Brewer. I can't remember. Brewer. Brewer. Yeah, yeah, yeah Charlie, Charlie Brewer. Charlie Brewer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's a pretty good player. So, I mean, I mean, obviously this league's always going to go deep at quarterback. But I mean, as far as guys that are proven, I mean, Iowa State's just shuffling them in and out and just doesn't miss. And honestly, the two that have played here lately appear to be better than the guy that started the year. You know, oh yeah, and then oh, and then oh, by the way, in emergency, you also have your middle linebacker that can play quarterback. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know that it gets much deeper than that. So it, it's been fun to watch them do all that. Uh, they definitely couldn't have pulled it off in the past. So, no. Um, you know, also kind of going back and looking at last weekend before we move forward, we had the playoff poll come out. Um, and here's the thing, like I was going to open the show Sunday that we had planned on recording as usual. <laughs> Excuse me, I was going to open the show with a question, and I was going to kind of do that anyway, but let's see how to put this. The question's already kind of been answered on a lot of shows, and at the time I thought it was a pretty smart question because I hadn't heard anybody ask it, but um, we'll kind of discuss it real quick because there's one aspect that I haven't really heard mentioned a lot, and I want to make sure people understand it. So the question I was going to ask on Sunday's show was, you know, basically, are Wisconsin and Oklahoma the last two dominoes to fall before we look at or before we end up with either a two-loss conference champ or more in the playoff or multiple teams from one conference in the playoff? I mean, it, to me, and then obviously the answer we know by now is yes. And honestly, it really doesn't even have to be both of them because the thing that I was noticing is if you guys take Oklahoma and Wisconsin out of it right now, as far as true contenders, teams that we know to some degree control their own destiny, not teams that are on the outside need a little help. But, um, like, for instance, Auburn, even though they're a two-loss team, I, pretty much everybody says if they run the table, they're going to go. So, Absolutely. So as far as teams like that go, if you take away Wisconsin and you take away Oklahoma, where, where are all the other teams that are available that are actual contenders? They're all in two leagues. They're in the ACC and the SEC. You got Auburn, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got Clemson, and you got Miami. That's it as far as teams that really, to some degree, control their own destiny. Uh, the Pac-12 is already out of it, barring chaos. Um, the Big Ten. I didn't even talk about that. You're right. Well, the Big Ten, they've got two lost teams at Ohio State. Is the only other one besides Wisconsin, and you know they're going to need help. Obviously, I mean nobody's throwing them in right now. Just yeah, Penn yet, State's so. out. Yeah, obviously. So. Definitely. So all the other remaining teams besides Wisconsin and Oklahoma are in two leagues. So it's really just as simple as one of those pull, it gets beat, and it's going to pull the linchpin on this thing. Because mm-hmm. you're going to have either, and you may end up with both before it's all said and done, um, two lost teams and teams from multiple leagues. So that's something I wanted to go over. We were going to have a big discussion on it. Um, you know, Because there's a lot of people that, I still see and say, oh, there's no way we'll have two lost teams. There's no way. I mean, it's you're really looking at one loss from that happening. So, and, it, and like I said, it could end up being two teams from one league, but I really don't think they want to go there yet. I think they want to try to do it in their power to take a conference champ first. So, yep. 
let's say that's two loss Ohio State. I mean, uh, you know, I can see them doing that before they take two teams from one league. <laughs> I guess you're not a big Ohio, a fan of Ohio State getting in the playoff. <laughs> no. No, and here's the thing. I, I really don't think they want to put Ohio State in yet. I think a lot of people are are pushing them up there higher than than people will give them credit for. I don't think the committee wants to do that because if you hear them talk, they don't like when you get beat really bad. And both of Ohio State's losses have been pretty good whooping. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't. As opposed to Auburn, you know, their losses are pretty close. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know. So anyway, I just want to discuss that and make that clear to people. That's something I wanted to get into a big longer discussion on it early in the show, but when it was still kind of new earlier in the week, but by now people have kind of exhausted it to death. So um, any, you guys have starting with uh, Corey, you guys have any thoughts on the playoff, anything you were upset about, happy about the poll? Uh, as far as conference perception goes, I wanted Oklahoma to be number two. I didn't think it was going to happen. But I wanted them to be two. I thought they deserved at least three to be, I guess. I didn't really care which, whether it was behind Bama and Miami or Bama and Clemson. But I think four is ridiculous for the way they have played in the last few weeks. No, I think that's fair. Especially uh, when you look at resume, which they always say. I mean, they, you know, originally when this thing was invented, they kept saying, well, we're here to find the four best teams, which is a BS. That's not what, yeah. they're, that's not what they're doing. <laughs> They're totally not doing that. I mean, there's been years where they've had a mixture of what I feel like were the best teams and resume, but it honestly comes down to most deserving. That's what they're going to do. They're going to look at that. Um, team was the most even across the board, the best job they could have done, and it's just been crap mm-hmm. since then. Well, and, and it's also very analytical. Like I'll give you an example. 11 of the 12 playoff teams that have been selected in the three years we've had a playoff so far, they all finished in the top four in, an, in a stat called strength of record. So and that's eleven of the twelve. So that's something you can look for going forward through this year. If if we start winding this thing down, go look up strength of record of team. Like for instance, I think right now Oklahoma's number three in the country, either three or four. Mm-hmm. So um, and that's just the one I know off the top of my head. I'd have to look at the other ones. Now Alabama is going to be an exception there because their 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 record's pretty weak. Uh, but again, that's a lot. and I don't honestly I don't know who the the one is that isn't. I did I forgot to look it up, but I do know eleven of the twelve. Uh, playoff teams we've had so far have finished in the top four and strike the record every year. So that's something to look forward to that can be kind of a telling stat. Also, obviously, the FBI is a real popular one. Usually, the playoff teams, I know when they simulated FBI when it first came around back in the BCS area, they simulated some of the things to figure out what it would have been. And I know several of the simulations they ran, basically the BCS selected teams all finished in the top five in FBI. So... I mean, that's something – and, I, I mean, that was a rough generalization of it. But I, I know that they kept mentioning that. So, um, as far as going – you know, we've had a few teams I know finish in the top five in FBI. I'd have to go back and look that up as far as all of it. But, anyway, they look at those analytics. Obviously, they're going to – to me, they're going to look at, you know, do they feel like you deserved it? Did you earn it? So, yeah. I, I, that's why I think a few of the teams are okay <clears throat> and safe. Like, uh, let's see, Oklahoma's going to have a really strong case to make – Clemson's won't is pretty going to be pretty decent when it's all said and done too. Um, you know the SEC champ could be uh, if it's Alabama, the only team they're really going to have beaten. That's what I would call good is Georgia, and now I'm not even sure how good they are. We Auburn too. That's true. I forgot about the Iron Bowl. Yeah, they'd have to go. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, obviously. So 
you know, you'll have a couple of teams that have quality wins there. I mean, you know, I, I, but here's the thing I took away from the poll. I kind of thought we'd move past this Big 12 bias thing, and I'm not somebody that uh, – people that know me well know I'm not somebody that's this big conspiracy guy. I don't, I don't sit around thinking that, oh, these people just look for ways to screw us. But after this last week, you know, with kicking West Virginia out, and I can go on and on, putting, putting Oklahoma State behind Penn State – uh, who share a common opponent in the case where Oklahoma beat the, Oklahoma State beat the living crap out of Penn State. I mean, or Pitt, uh, Pitt. sorry, Pitt, yeah, uh, versus Penn State didn't do that. Um, let's see. There's there's more of them. I mean, it's TCU falling as far as they did. If you look at other teams with similar type losses from the Big Ten in recent years, they haven't fell near that far. I uh, still have TCU in my top ten. Well, they were either 8 or 10, and I think they deserve that spot. Exactly. And, and here's the thing, too. <clears throat> Since we're talking about Oklahoma, because they are the leader of the Big 12 right now, if they're if those teams are where they should be, Oklahoma has three, likely three top 10 wins right now. <clears throat> Nobody yep. would even be able to come close to touching that. If not, worst case, they may be three top 12, you know. Uh, you know, they had USC in front of Oklahoma State. I didn't agree with that in the last one. I haven't looked, I haven't looked where they are at this one. I'd have to look. But I know in the last one they did. Uh, and you have Notre Dame. I mean, you had Notre Dame who just a few weeks ago destroyed them on national television. I mean, you know, you, Oklahoma State doesn't have a loss near that bad. Okay, Oklahoma State is behind them again this week. So, you know, it's not one – you don't have – they don't have a loss near that bad on their record. So, I just don't – I mean, if you're really looking at this stuff for other teams, they're clearly not looking at it for our teams is all I'm getting at. Um, I'm looking at right now. USC is at 11 in the playoff rankings this week. USC is 11, TCU is 12, and Oklahoma State is 13. Exactly. And that I was I would take TCU or Oklahoma State against USC right now. Absolutely. They may win, they may not, but I would take them both right now. And as far as resume, I would take them both over T- USC right now too. Um, Ohio State. I mean, obviously they fell in love with Ohio State, and it's not going to change. It's something they've done for the re- recent years, but. And the thing, too, I want to bring up is people constantly say, well, it feels like you're hitting a moving target. It does. But people also got to remember, these people are changing changing people out every few years. Every few years, you're going to get a different shuffle of people. So to be honest, I don't know that we're ever going to get a clear – and it's going to drive people nuts. It's going to. Um, I don't know that we're ever going to get a clear set of definitive rules that you can make a case for year after year and say they did this. I, I don't think you can. I think every year is going to be a little different. I think – and obviously, depending on how the scenarios play, like this year, again, like I just explained, we're one or two losses. We're two losses away from total complete chaos. I mean, if Oklahoma yeah. and Wisconsin go down, it's going to get crazy. Uh, never mind if just one of them do. So, you know, obviously they're having to deal with these situations as they come year after year. But to be honest, I don't know that we're ever going to be able to look back and say they did this every single year for a five-year stretch. So we know that's what they're looking for. I don't think we'll ever get to that point. So I enjoy that they change people out. It seems like they do at least one a year, but I know that there's a big shuffle every couple of years, and I enjoy how they do it to get new blood in there, but you're right. It is aggravating that we'll never really know what they're looking for. Well, you know, and, and technically when you're in, I don't remember the exact rules. I'd have to go look it up. When you do it, you're supposed to be there for like three years or four years, I think. But the problem mm-hmm. is we've had – so we started out with some really older gentlemen – that had to leave for health reasons and things. So that's why it's felt like so many people. Theoretically, we shouldn't have had anybody change until either this year or next year. It should have been the first year we had a shuffle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because, you know, Osborne and uh, I think it was Alvarez, there were two of them that had poor health and they had to leave. I can't remember which two they were. But 
So you had that on top of the shuffle that they did this year. So that's why it's felt like so many. So maybe it will get a little more consistent when that calms down a little bit, but I don't know. It, it just it, it seems like every week, not just every year, every week it's a different set of target and rules. I know at least for Big 12 teams it does to me. I don't know about y'all. You have to. That has to be true because if you look at the rankings last week versus this week, it's like polar opposite. Well, yep. and see what, what aggravates me too is you have people like Heather Dinich who honestly – I respect she's smart and she follows she follows the league she follows the playoff committee really closely. So she is the closest thing we have to a voice of what she what the, what goes on in that room. But mm-hmm. what pisses me off is she'll say stuff like, "Oh, they do not consider this," or "No, they don't look back," or "No, they don't look forward." That's bullcrap. These are humans, okay? Yes, they're not supposed to, but you can't tell me they're not sitting there in that room saying. Well, this is what it was last week. What's it going to look like if we move this team to this year? There's no way some of those discussions don't go on with humans in the room. There's no freaking way. But she'll flat out say, oh, they do not look back, or no, they won't look forward. Or and Here's the other reason that I think that's crap, that they don't look forward, because you'll find, and you'll see it this week right here, by putting Clemson in Miami over Oklahoma. I'm not saying this is why this happened, but I can give you so many examples over the last three, four years of this happening. They continually put teams and situations that are going to handle themselves so they don't have to for instance Clemson and Miami is going to take care of itself so it's okay to put them over Oklahoma because in a couple weeks they're not gonna have to worry about it anymore um whereas and and this has gone I'm telling you I I, it's either really really common coincidence or it happens way too often where you'll see teams that are getting ready to play each other excuse me I forgot to silence my phone uh where you see teams that are going to play each other and so the committee doesn't have to step out there and make that decision and place them in certain places. They let the teams do it for them. And mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, it's either happening way too often randomly or they're doing it on purpose, one or the other. So I don't know. There's just – so anyway, I know people are frustrated with it. I'm frustrated with it, especially for the Big 12's case because I really thought we would kind of move past this Big 12 bias, but I really don't think so. I mean, how do you guys see it? Do you think – do you feel like there's any kind of bias at all? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as as big of a Texas fan as I am, I, I completely agree that Oklahoma should not be in the four spot. Um, with Clemson's loss to Syracuse, I mean, that was just – that was ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Oklahoma lost to Iowa State, but we saw what kind of team Iowa State became. So I definitely see some kind of bias there. Mm-hmm. Corey? I, I never want to be the guy – to call out the playoff committee, but there you can't say there's not a bias whenever you put multiple two loss teams that have been blown out over uh, Big 12 teams that have beaten each other. Basically, is the only situation. And then, of course, like I said earlier, the whole Miami Clemson over Oklahoma thing. Yeah, they're going to knock Oklahoma over their defense. It's continually going to happen, even though they perform very well against CCU. But I think it's ridiculous that you jump Miami, what was that, four spots? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, too. Like, you just reminded me, too. Uh, in Clemson's case, they keep using this term quality win, which is basically any a win over any team that's not 500 or that's above 500. So, um, you know, and, and then also looking at cl- the losses and, and want to talk about the quarterback not playing, they still got beat by a four and six Clemson, or Syracuse team. You know, Oklahoma. They were losing that game before Kelly Bryant went out. I will say that. I have said it on Twitter. I will say it again. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, to some degree, there was there was rumors, and you could tell he wasn't quite 100. percent But there was rumors he was hurt going into the game. But it got pretty far into that game before he couldn't play anymore. And then on top of that, 
they're supposed to be this stellar defense, and their defense was getting taken to the woodshed in that game before he ever got hurt. It's the same argument that people have had against Florida State. If your quarterback goes out, it does not mean your defense falls. Yeah, exactly. And I I realize the two work off each other. But if there was a clear turning point in that game after he left, I would give it a little more credence to that. But when they were getting shredded before he ever came out of that game, I I just can't make that leap. And then you want to talk about an Oklahoma's team, a loss holding him back, which was supposedly in the conference call he made or whatever. He said something along the lines of, well, Oklahoma's lost, Iowa State's holding them back. Iowa State was in control of this freaking conference and their own destiny until they lost Oklahoma State last week. Yes. Versus a Syracuse that team a, that's four that wins. a close loss to Oklahoma State. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they're just a little bit of chaos in this league away from being right back in the driver's seat. So it's not like they've fallen that far. Like, I, that's what kills me. I and oh, by the way, they're doing it with their third different quarterback this year. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, I can go on and on and on. So I, I don't know. It just to me, I like it. Like I said, to sum it up, I'm not a conspiracy person. But when time and time again, you see them using things for other leagues, especially the Big Ten, who they just seem to direly want in there, no matter what. And we all know an SEC team is going to get in regardless. So. You know, when they're using these biases for us and it's not the same thing for them, I don't know what else to think. As bad as I want to sit there and think these people are doing their job right and it's sort of the good of college football, and yeah, which I'll be honest, I loved the BCS, especially as an Oklahoma fan. The BCS worked for me way more than it ever should have. Absolutely. Um, so I, you know, I'm not one of these people that we have to have a playoff anyway. I'd have been fine with using four teams and using the BCS formula, would have had no problem with that. So I'm a, I would love to have an 18 playoff, but that's just because of what we're talking about right now. It's the bias and the chaos that goes down every year. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if it was an 18 with a BCS, I'd be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing. I know as an Oklahoma fan, it's going to fall on a lot of deaf ears what I'm saying because people think, well, Oklahoma Blue Blood's going to get in. And that's fine. But the point is we make a show for the whole league, and it's the whole league that's having a problem. And Oklahoma falls in that league. Um, and, you know, the bias against the Big 12 may not be anything for them who's leading the league or near as much because they're in the playoff right now. But it's it's hurting them in terms of where teams should be ranked. And it's also hurting these other teams that should – like West Virginia should be in the top 25 right now. I'm sorry. Absolutely. They, they should, should be. They just had a top 25 win. Yep. There's no reason they should not be in there right now. Uh, and, but they pulled them out and put in LSU, who's looked good for about two to three weeks this year and gotten hammered the rest of the time. And lost to Troy. Got out to Troy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, West Virginia doesn't have a, bat, a loss that bad on their, on their resume. Not Troy. Nothing against Troy, but they don't have anything like that. So, I mean, the, the FCT, and I know they're not Troy, but the FCS teams that they came in and played, they just totally destroyed. So, right. I mean, that's about the only comparison we can really make. So, anyway, anyway that's just, I wanted to bring that up. And I wanted to have a longer discussion on stuff than we can get to because I want to make this show kind of quick so you guys can get on about your days because uh, I appreciate you guys – Jumping on here real quick because the people don't need to listen to me talk by myself for two hours. So, plus I don't think I can do it. I'm about, I've had a cold all week, a chest cold all week, and I'm dying to get through this anyway. So, all right. Let's look forward. Is there anything else you guys want to bring about last week or anything else? If you can, feel free. Take the floor. No, man. I'm, I'm good. Got it all out. Yeah, I think I am too. Okay. Uh, let's look forward to the games this week. The first one we have on the board is TCU and Texas Tech. Did I say that? Yeah, TCU and Texas Tech. Uh, 11 a.m. Central Time, obviously, for you folks in West Virginia. Obviously, that'll be noon. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, we just have to mention that. Um, that's been another adjustment for us doing the show. We've had to consider the people up there. Uh, so we got this game here. Now, obviously, the big storyline, I'm assuming everybody's seen it by now. Corey, I don't know what time you woke up, but obviously Kenny Hill's <laughs> Kenny Hill's not playing this week. Is, there, is everybody clear on that? Y'all understand that? I woke up oh, at yeah. 6. Yes, I'm clear on that. Okay, I'm just making sure. I'm just making sure. Uh, I was at work at 6, so I don't know. I didn't get to see. Um, so obviously we know he's not playing this week. I mean, starting with Tyler, what is your first thoughts on that? I mean, how, how close did you think this game had a shot at being anyway? And what do you feel like this does to this game? Uh, honestly, like so, somebody said in the, uh, in the group message this morning, does this help TCU or does this hurt TCU? <laughs> Which I think uh, is a fair question. I, I think it's a fair I question. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I just saying, I think it's a fair question. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, and like one of y'all said, um, on the, like before the season started, you know, Kenny Hill's going to take TCU as far as Kenny Hill can take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's played well this season, but, but over the last few games, we've kind of seen him start to collapse. So, um, you know, it could, it could be a good thing for TCU and it may not. I mean, we don't really know much about this backup quarterback. So uh, I think it'll be a closer game just because TCU is going to have to make a lot of adjustments. Mm-hmm. But I still think they pull out the win. I don't think Tech's that good. Mm-hmm. Corey, you got any thoughts on Robinson playing this weekend? Uh, in the very limited time that I've gotten to see him, which is just basically highlight videos from uh, non-con games, uh, he has looked very good. And I know somebody mentioned this morning on Twitter that he was a five-star. He's the number one quarterback in the 17 or 16 class. No, he wasn't that. Whoever said that's wrong. Well, He's either a, way, he's anyway. a four. They may be talking. They may be thinking about the one they're getting ready to get, but he's not a number one quarterback either. He's Robinson's a four star quarterback, um, similar, roughly similar to the level Chris Robinson was that got kicked okay. out of Oklahoma. Roughly, I know you're the roughly recruiting guy, level. so no, he's pretty good. Say, he's no. pretty good player, but he actually fell to a three star in some um, uh, companies. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Some of the recruiting sites. He fell to a three-star because he had a performance in the Army Bowl that wasn't very good. And honestly, I don't think it was his fault. I think a lot of it was the play calling because I watched that game because at the time Oklahoma had several players playing in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it was his fault, but he actually fell to a three-star in some. So, I mean, he's a good he's a good quarterback, but he was nowhere near the number one quarterback in that class. But anyway, well, the long continue. and short of it is, in the highlights that I saw, he's a very good runner and he can throw the ball. I think – I'm not saying it will be better than Kenny Hill, but I think it will help him out this week. Because Tech isn't that great. No, and here's the thing I want to see, too. I mean, obviously, we have a Texas Tech team that they're not sheltered. They don't live under a rock. These kids have to know that their coach's job is similar to the Texas thing we went through with Strong last year. They've got to know at this point their coach's job's on the line. Uh, It went from, you know, everything is paradise and happy, and then Iowa State comes in there and smacks them around, and it starts going downhill. So, obviously, they, they can't be stupid enough to think that he's fine. Um, so I want to see how they play for him, first of all. Plus, there's still two wins – well, I guess one win from being bowl eligible. Um, so we got they got to do that. And this is – I mean, honestly, it, the teams that still need to get bowl eligible, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Texas, it's not an easy road. Um, they've all got – you know, they've all got some, some games, tough games they got to win. So we'll see. This week, this week is set up <laughs> a pretty big game in Lubbock next week because if West Virginia wins and TCU wins, then Texas Tech and Texas will be both 5-6 and six going into Lubbock next weekend. Oh, okay. That's they're, interesting. They're, they're playing in Austin. <clears throat> oh, they're playing they're in Austin. Austin. That's right. Um, well, anyway, I want to see that. And then when it comes to TCU, it's sort of Sean Robinson. 
Um, you know, obviously, I know what he was recruiting. Haven't seen that in college yet, but it's been limited action. Um, he's had some stats thrown. He's had some some decent stuff in, in cleanup duty. But, you know, to go back to where we really got to see him in a situation to where I think now we can all think this is probably where Kenny Hill got hurt was when they brought him in the Oklahoma game for a series. Yeah. Um, at the time, all they did was really option stuff with him and zone read stuff with him. Uh, and to me, and I remember thinking this vividly, at the time when I saw it, and Kenny Hill tried to come back in the game and they didn't let him, I thought to myself, they're desperate. They, they're they trying to find some kind of traction offensively, uh, and this is what they're trying to do, and it's just not working. And they were hoping that this little changeup would do something for him. I mean, I, I remember thinking that. Now, obviously, it's probably where Kenny Hill got hurt or there was some kind of situation, and maybe they weren't sure. I don't know. Um, but the three plays they ran with him or whatever, I just remember thinking to myself, they're they're trying, they're grasping at something, trying to get something going offensively and hoping this would work, and it didn't work. Um, now, obviously, him in a starter role, we're going to see the playbook open up, I would think. Um, yeah, obviously, he's a freshman. For those who didn't know, you know, was a fairly highly rated quarterback, so we'll see. I mean, he can throw. I've seen him do it. He's, he's a good, solid passer. But, like I said, a lot of that's been in cleanup duty or – uh, going back to his recruiting, seven on seven, you know, stuff like that. So uh, we'll see. But he's definitely got an arm on him. Um, I don't know, any thoughts? You guys going to pick a winner here? Who you guys got winning this game? Okay, cool. I got TCU. You got TCU winning the yeah, game? Yeah, I got. <clears throat> Go I ahead, got, Tom. I got TCU also. You guys think they cover? For those, uh, we usually mention this. Sorry. Six point five spread. Yep, six and a half point spread. Uh, you guys think Texas Tech covers that or TCU covers that? I'll have TCU covering it. Yeah, I, I take TCU by about ten. So I could I think see. They cover. I could see that. I, I could see that. Um, yeah, I think in the end TCU pulls it out because they're too good of a team. But you know, like they say, weird things happen in Lubbock. It would not shock me a bit if if Tech finds a way to pull us out. Uh, only 27% uh, on the record, on the FBI there, for uh chance for Texas Tech to win. Honestly, I thought that'd be a little higher uh, once we found out Robinson's playing. But, again, he's got he's got some pedigree, so I think that's part of it. I think if this kid was just some no-name kid coming off the bench and nobody knew, it probably wouldn't look at all. It'd probably still look pretty worse. Or they'd probably look worse as far as their chances. But, uh, you know, he does have some pedigree to him, so we'll see. All right, let's move on. Anything else we want to mention in that game before we move on to the next one? <clears throat> excuse me all right let's move on to the next one on the board we got texas versus west virginia uh obviously tyler we want to get your thoughts here you know can the longhorns go up there and win this you know what you know what are they going to have to do to pull this game out uh i i definitely think they can um and i wasn't i wasn't so confident until i got the weather report for morgantown um it's a 90 percent chance of rain Temperature is going to be in the 40s, and I just I think that's good news for Texas. I mean, they haven't established a great running game all season, but we've seen uh, Sam Ellinger and a couple of running backs, especially in games like against Kansas State. Um, so I think if if they can get something going in the running game, <clears throat> then offensively they'll be fine. And defensively, Texas has one of the best run defenses in the nation, and. Uh, West Virginia is not exactly known for running the ball, you know, real great. So I think with, with the weather and, and everything, it'll be interesting to see how it goes, but I think Texas has a chance. No, definitely. And I do think the weather is – I know sometimes that gets overplayed. I do think it's somewhat of an equalizer. 
Um, we haven't got to see Will Greer really play in bad weather that that I can think of off the top of my head. Not not since he's been at West Virginia. Um, and you're right, they are a very heavy throw offense. They they're they, but the bad thing is they at least going into the season we thought that was probably the deepest stable of backs in the league. Um, they've got four good ones, um, and they're just and, and here's the problem: their offensive line isn't working like it needs to be quite yet. So that's part of it why they can't use the running game. Obviously, we know the history of Spavital, the offensive coordinator. Not much into running the ball. Never has been. Also has never had this good a set of backs at one place, I don't think, either, in my opinion. That's just my opinion. Um, so, you know, that's part of it going into it. I you know, And here's the thing. You're going to have to run the ball probably to win this game. If it's going to be what they're saying it's going to be, like on the bad end of it, <clears throat> I just don't see how you you can expect the quarterback to go out there and throw like crazy. Now, he may be able to. I don't know. I can only remember him playing him one time a decent, you know, not too great weather at Florida. It was kind of rainy. I can't remember who the game was they played, but he brought him back and scored late in the game. Uh, I think it was like Georgia maybe or somebody. I can't remember. But it was it was a crappy weather game. But it wasn't any – I don't think it was anything like we're looking at this game here. Plus, it wasn't cold. It was in – it was down in the south. So, uh, you know, obviously that's, that is that is a factor. Uh, you got to have a kid who played in Florida all of a sudden going back up to West Virginia. How does he handle that, you know, being cold? Um, I mean, I think we all remember the, game, the weather towards the year, end of the year last year there. It was crazy. So – yeah, and I mean, even going past the quarterback, when you look at receivers catching the ball in the rain and then you just add 40-degree weather, that, that makes it even harder. I mean, mm-hmm. the, your hands just – I mean, your fingers lock up and it's hard to catch the football. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see, even if he can throw, um, how many how many times the ball gets dropped. Mm-hmm. And depending on how cold it ends up getting there. I know they're saying around 40s. Right. If it ends up getting in the third, I think, you know, I don't think it'll get quite that cold being that it's an 11 a.m. kickoff, but – um, you know, the, if it does get in the 30s, that ball starts getting pretty hard when you start getting close to freezing mm-hmm. temperatures. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a factor. I don't know, Corey, you got any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I am with Tyler on the whole, like, the running game uh, situation that Texas hasn't been dominant at all in the run game, but their defense has been dominant enough to keep them to where they need to be, basically. And with Spavadol being the offensive coordinator, it really sucks for West Virginia because they have the backs to get it done, even against Texas' defense. I'm not going to say they'll run them over, but they have the backs to get it done, and I don't think he's going to try to use them as much as he should. Uh, Spavital reminds me of what would have happened at Oklahoma when Lincoln Riley came in if he hadn't decided to listen to Bob and say, yeah, we're going to use Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. This is basically what would have happened. is a team with way too much talent to be losing three games, and – They've done it because of play calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, for this particular game, I think it'll be important to see, like Tyler said, how much they actually do throw on Texas' side because they may have to catch them sleeping, waiting on a run play one time and just go deep and just see what happens. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm looking at the spread. It's only a three-point spread, so it's not anything wide. Uh, I would pick Texas to cover it. Unless it, if it was like 6.5, like TCU game, I'd pick Texas to cover it. But I think West Virginia will win a close game. No, yeah. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it'll be kind of close. And, and the important thing here to also remember, too, is how well Texas defense is played. Um, yeah. That is the, and I, and I don't mean anything bad by this, Tyler, so don't take it personally, but how bad is this team if the defense hasn't played as well as it has? I mean, it, because the offense oh. has been in so, such, you know, just awful situations. It, if if they're not playing to the high level they are, this team might only have two or three wins. I mean, it, oh, I, don't, for sure. I don't think that's too far-fetched to say. 
Um, no, not at all. And a couple of our wins have been jump-started by defensive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, without that momentum, I don't know if, if we continue to win football yeah. games. And, and, not, yeah. and not only and, that, how ugly are some of the losses that you've had? I mean, you, you right. guys went toe-to-toe with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Those two probably throttle y'all if you guys don't play this level of defense. Yeah, I mean, you see it in the first half of the Oklahoma game. Our defense gave up, I think it was 20 points just in the first half. Um, but that game, if they don't come out and make a statement in the second half and it continues that way, and, I mean, you're looking at 40 to 20. Mm-hmm. Corey? Uh, I was going to say that imagine if the defense had been playing at a mediocre level against USC. Nobody would have said the things about Texas that they did mm-hmm. three weeks into the season because, if I'm not wrong, they had two pick sixes, or at least I know they had two interceptions, but one of them was a pick six, maybe another. Mm-hmm. And that was basically the only reason that uh, Texas was in the game and took it to overtime. Their offense was decent, probably one of the better performances that they had up to now. But without that defense, they would have been blown out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, Tyler, you're going to have to help me remember because I always get the, them confused. Uh, Hill, is, is he the one out on suspension? Yes. Okay. Yes. Is this the first offense they've played that's really dangerous since then? Uh, yeah, because he got suspended before the Kansas game. Okay, so I mean, how bad is that? Where are you? How, and how much is that a factor in the back of your mind? I good, uh, granted, they're good. They're good at defensive back. Uh, these guys have finally showed up and lived up to the hype. But you know, he was a pretty key part of that group. He's made a lot of plays this year. Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, we're not we're not real deep at defensive back. Uh, you've got Chris Boyd, who's now going to be the number one defense or cornerback, and. He hasn't really had a great season all year. I mean, he's looked lost at times, and he's gotten beat a few times, which scares me when you talk about uh, catching a sleeping on the run game mm-hmm. and throwing a pass over the top. But one thing I have seen is that they're moving uh, safety, John Bonney. They're using him at corner in practice right now. Uh, and I think that's really interesting because our other corner is a freshman. Uh, I can't remember. I know his last name is Davis. I think Devontae Davis is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would he would be starting on the other side, but I always looked at John Bonney and kind of saw him as a corner. He's kind of got that build and that body style. I thought so it'll too. be interesting to see how how that works out. Yeah, I mean, and I haven't. You know, I'll be honest. I've been hard on Bonney. Uh, I've watched him as he came in his freshman year. Uh, you know, in the Big Red Rivalry or Red 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 River Rivalry and all that stuff, uh, and just haven't been wasn't blown away by the kid at all. Uh, but he's he's not as big and physical to me. Looking, I, I, I'm. I'll be honest, I can't recall that I've seen him in person, uh, but he doesn't look like he's as big and fills out as well as Hill and some of those guys do. So, yeah, I, I definitely think he fits more of a corner role too. Now, I don't know if he can play corner, um, mm-hmm. but his body type I definitely think fits that a little bit more. Um, right. now, and I've always felt he was a little too timid, but, again, he's, he's matured. He's had time to grow up in the system. You know, he played a lot as a freshman. Uh, you know, and now he's, you know, he's kind of getting to come back kind of a second chance around, so – you know, maybe he'll step up and make some plays for him. So that's definitely something for to keep sure. your eye on. Uh, if Obviously, if Greer and them can throw the ball, it's going to put a lot of pressure on Texas' offense to do something in this game. Um, you know, how, how is the running back situation at Texas right now? Uh, well, it's looking like it's just going to be left up to the freshman. Uh, Daniel Young last week got 21 carries, only went for 67 yards. But most of that, I would say, is to blame on the offensive line. Uh, just watching him, he looks like he's got some, like the best vision out of out of that whole group. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when he runs the ball, he looks like he has the potential to just do a lot and just doesn't have any help around him. 
So with Connor Williams coming back in, and we'll see how much he gets to play on Saturday, but with, with Connor Williams coming back in, I think it'll be interesting to see if maybe we can get a big hole for him and see if he can bust one through the middle. Mm-hmm. I did Connor Williams was back. Is he back this game? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's been he's been going through practice, and uh, Tom Herman said, despite any unforeseen circumstances, that he should he should be able to play. And the only pain he's really been going through is just soreness, getting back into shape. And as long as as long as Connor Williams says Connor Williams feels good, he'll be back in. Hmm. All okay. right, that's something to watch definitely. Yeah. Uh, that could definitely, I mean, that definitely could change some things with the offensive line. And then obviously if he doesn't, he may, you know, may, he may be a little rusty too. Um, it'd be interesting to see too, because, you know, West Virginia and I've been kind of hard on them in the three, three, five, they run when they have to face physical teams that can line up and really check them on the line. They haven't been able to answer. Uh, one of this, when you're talking about running the ball right at them, they, it's not something they've done well, uh, since they've been in the league. Um, it, it, my question will be if they don't respect Texas's passing game, if Texas doesn't give them a reason to respect the passing game at all, you know, how much better will they do? Uh, obviously they've got a lot of speed at linebacker, uh, and that secondary that they play, you know, if they get to come downhill and they're not fearing the pass at all, they can be real scary. They can get guys in the backfield real quick. They play They got a lot of fast guys on that team. So that's definitely something to watch. Uh, Texas, I mean, it's no secret. We've said it week after week. Texas is going to have to start. If it's Ellinger, whoever you know ends up playing Bushell, you know whoever ends up doing the most damage and and having the best day, whatever, is definitely going to have to take some shots and get them out of there. So we'll see. Um, any you guys got any picks you want to make on this game? <clears throat> I said, I said that I've got West Virginia to cover the three point spread, but I don't think they're going to do anything else than that. I do, take Texas. I do not think it'll be – they won't make the over and under. It said 53, and I don't think it's going to make that. Uh, I'm no, looking I don't at, think so either. I'm looking at AccuWeather right now, and I forgive me if I, – I don't know if this is current temperatures, but I'm assuming this means game day is, is, the, is the weather report they're giving me. Uh, and it's saying 59 degrees and raining. If that's the case, that's, it's projected I'd to be, be a lot warmer. I don't know. You guys know? I mean, because I, last I saw it, it was said to be like thirty, high thirties, low forties. I have no. Uh, let me see. Well, I've got current temperature forty five in Morgantown. Yeah. And okay. The high for tomorrow is fifty nine. Okay, so oh, that's that's the okay. So that's gonna be end up being a lot warmer than we originally thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the weather it may end up being a little better. We'll see how the rain does. Um, you know, obviously that can become kind of a, a humid, nasty mess if it's decent warm weather and rain. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. It's uh, playing in West Virginia late in the year. It's it's usually been some crappy weather for a lot of teams. Whoever's gone up there to make that trip late. So uh, we'll see if they can deal with it or not. All right, let's roll on to the next one. Uh, Iowa State and Baylor. Um, obviously, Corey, you're an Iowa State guy. Uh, just some thoughts on this game. Uh, I don't. I just want them to go in there and perform. I don't want to have – it's a night game in Waco. Look at the Oklahoma game that Baylor had in the West Virginia game. Mm-hmm. I don't want Iowa State to go in there and kind of not really lay down, but just not take it seriously. That is all I'm asking for is just to get out ahead and stay there. Mm-hmm. Keep Baylor at bay. Well, this one has, is this one on Fox? Because they're showing a one thirty start time. That's a weird start time. That is a weird start time. I don't have 
I don't, it doesn't say below. I need to pull up the other thing that lists the TV channels. But yeah, it doesn't say it either for me. Um, I've got something that does. I just don't have it pulled up in front of me. Um, but that's that's usually these weird start times are Fox games, like because you know you have the windows of eleven, two thirty, uh, yeah, whatever. And when you get these offset times, it's generally a Fox game. I don't know. I'll have to look and see here in a minute. But uh, so obviously, you know, you're, you're not, it's not a morning game, but it's, you know, late enough that they're going to be jacked up and ready to go. Probably. Um, I don't know. What is Baylor doing right now that concerns you the most as an, if you're, you know, if you're Iowa state, what does Baylor do that concerns you? They're passing yards per game at sitting at almost 300, which isn't great, but it's significantly more than the 119 rushing yards that they have. And with both the quarterbacks, I believe that Zach Smith is out. Uh, they said it was unclear whether he'd be back, but I doubt he'll be back starting. Mm-hmm. But the way Charlie Brewer has performed in the last four games, I am worried about the passing attack because they do have Denzel Mims. And while he has been shut down in recent games, if you look at what he did, the only really Baylor game that I've watched consistently was the Oklahoma game mm-hmm. and the West Virginia game. But Denzel Mims is a fighter, and he worries me because uh, – I would say secondary, they haven't struggled as much as they did starting out in recent weeks. But if you put somebody like him that is just physical, he will manhandle corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and, and he's played really – and a lot of these guys have played really well at home. So, that's the, I mean, they've definitely played a lot better at home than they have on the road. Absolutely. Uh, they, yeah. they feed off that crowd big time this year. So and, – and, you know, I don't know to what degree they feel like they can win this game. Part If you could, you know, hold a gun to their head and ask them, but – They've got to think they got a shot. You know, Iowa State's been beat the last couple down, uh, two out of the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, against Iowa or against uh, Oklahoma State, uh, and I'm forgetting the other team that beat them now. Who's the, who's that team that beat Iowa State? I guess uh, Iowa and uh, Texas. That's and right. Then... It's been a few weeks ago. I was thinking of the one they won. Yeah. So uh, they're coming off their loss. You know, I I don't know what kind of shape they're in. Here's the thing about Iowa State: they're consistent. They do what they're going to do well. I don't see him veering from that, so I'm assuming. It, to me, it just seems like with Iowa State, you get the same team every week. Um, it doesn't feel like you get. I don't know. You've watched them a lot closer than I have, obviously. But I mean, do you are, do you feel like they're the kind of team that could th- go in there and just throw a, a bad game in, or do you have faith that they're going to put it together? I think every team's capable of having a bad game just because they don't show up. But I don't think this is going to be one for Iowa State. I think that Matt Campbell's going to ready them just the same as he would. I put this in our preview for my review, I don't remember which. But I think Matt Campbell's going to go in there and ready them just as he would for the Oklahoma game or the Oklahoma State game and say this is a conference opponent that is capable of beating us if you do not show up and play your best football. And I think that's how they're going to go in there and do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to have to do that because, I mean, they still have, like I said, it's going to take some chaos, but they still have a shot at the Big 12 title game. Um, you know, they've got the tie right now. Obviously, Oklahoma State has a tiebreaker over them. They have a tiebreaker over Oklahoma. They also have a tiebreaker over TCU. So, you know, it, it will take some, some some crazy circus stuff going on, but they still could do it. So um, they they still got things in front of them. Now, obviously, they're bowl eligible now, so they're not playing for that. Um, hopefully, they don't let down for them. Uh, you know, and, and, and again, Baylor is dangerous at home right now. They just they play really well feeding off the crowd. Brewer is a handful because he runs all over the place and throws well. Uh, and he's just kind of got that freshman, don't know any better, you know, not scared of anything mentality. Uh, he's willing to take shots, and these these receivers are still very dangerous. 
you know, I'm interested to see what Baylor can do in the run game because they, you know, they've let's see, how's how's the best way to put this? They haven't been as as effective in the run game as I thought they would be uh throughout the year. And and they haven't had to lean on it near as much as I thought they would either. So that's I think it's offensive line play more than anything. Yeah, and I do. I think it's a lot like West Virginia. There's only so far you can go with an offensive line that isn't playing to its top, you yeah. know, what it needs to be. Obviously it's a little worse at Baylor, especially when it comes to not having any depth. Uh, or at least any depth you can rely on as far as actual Division One players. Yeah. Um, so, that you know, I think that's a lot of it. I think a few things of think, note. Go ahead. The biggest thing for me for third week in a row to watch in this game is a pass rush because that is the number one thing that Iowa State has not done consistently is mm-hmm. get after the quarterback. And you can't do it if you're – I mean, they have talented defensive linemen. But if you're just rushing three every time, that leaves five guys to block three people. Mm-hmm. And that is an issue that Iowa State's had all year. Mm-hmm. While they made up for it in coverage, I still don't think it's worth it in sometimes because you'll see them run a blitz one play and take a team by surprise and just wide open smash yeah. the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But that is my number one thing to watch this weekend because he is a freshman quarterback, and I would love to see Iowa State get after the quarterback. Yeah, and I, I definitely think they should do a little more than they do. I, I love what they do. Like I said, they do it well. They are effective. I, Mike Gundy, I had a bunch of clips again. I had tons of stuff I was going to play on the two shows this week, but didn't get to it. I had a perfect clip of Mike Gundy talking about how you watch them on tape and maybe you don't really see what it, what the, all the fuss is about, but then you play them in person and you just realize that they're effective at what they do. They do it what they do. They do it well. They know their jobs. They know their roles, and they get it done. Yeah. And, I mean, it, you just there's, there's a lot that could be said for that. Um, and when you know you're going to get the same team and they're going to do their jobs and their roles every week, it really it makes it a lot easier for the coaches. Not that the coaches shouldn't be getting a lot of credit for what they've done this year. Uh, I definitely think uh, Campbell's got to be up there for coach of the year, um, depending on how they finish the year. If it, if it goes a little bit downhill, maybe not. But where they are right now, I, th- I definitely think he's got to be in the conversation. If they finish 8-4 and four after a bowl win, or 8-4 and four and then go to a bowl win, mm-hmm. I think he'll definitely be in the conversation. Yeah. I would like to see it. The mantra for Iowa State, for me, I'm not saying they're not talented, but just like what you said, what Gundy said, basically, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's what Iowa State is about, Mm -hmm. is working as hard as you can. Mm -hmm. And and here's the thing. Again, the TCU game, they straight up beat them in that game. I can't take anything away from that. Uh, The Oklahoma game, I felt like a lot of that had to do with Oklahoma. So, you know, that's two examples of one where they actually outplayed an opponent and another one where – they outplayed them, but a lot, the opponent, you know, it, there was times where it didn't look like Oklahoma took them seriously enough until it was mm-hmm. too late. Um, and, and I guess we'll never know because they're not going to get to play again what, you know, may happen in a rematch. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they, they, are, they, are, they have enough talent that they can't hurt you. And, again, that defensive line has played its butt off this year. I mean, it, how many snaps over and over and over again with just a three-man rush like you talk about. So, um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, maybe Iowa State can carry it out, extend the record. I mean – how ecstatic would you have to be as an Iowa State fan looking at seven or eight wins this year, considering oh, yeah. what you thought it would be? I mean, like I said, we were higher on them than most people were, and I don't think any of us had them at seven or eight wins. Not that I can remember off the top of my head. I did. So we'd have to go back and look at what our polls were or whatever <clears throat> at the beginning of the year. But I don't, I don't remember us, you know, when we did our thing, when we did our preview show talking about that. So uh, definitely, I don't think eight. I can't. I don't remember anybody getting them to eight. But Kendall may have. Kendall was pretty high on them. So I think I chose them to win eight games with a bowl win, so seven in mm-hmm. regular season. 
Yeah, I know. I know. Pretty much all of us had him at Bowman because we all knew the offense was dangerous enough to hurt you. But defensively, yeah. what they've done defensively this year has just been miraculous. I definitely think the defensive coordinator—I uh, always forget his name—has to be up for assistant of the year because I mean, this, I mean, just what he's been able to do with this group. And again, a lot of it comes with better defensive line play when you can attack and get enough done with Ray Lima and those guys. Then obviously you're going to be able to free up some things in the back end and play a lot better. So. But again, they're tackling. They're tackling together. You know, you always see two or three guys from Iowa State at the ball. Um, you know, I just I can't say enough about what they've done this year. So, we'll see. That one's at 1:30 p.m. Uh, the weather on that one, I think. FSN. FSN's what you got? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that one's on FSN. That's weird. That's just a weird start time. I don't know what the, right. what the deal is with that. All right. Uh, oh, anybody want – you guys got any final predictions on that game before we move on? Tyler, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll take Iowa State to cover the uh, spread, nine and a half. I think they'll win by at least 14. Uh, my only real thought on that is uh, I agree with you, Corey, with a C. Um, <laughs> they they got to get up early and they got to stay up. And that was that was one of my keys to victory for Texas against Baylor, and they really, they really took off with it. So as long as they can stay up and don't let Baylor get back in it and feed off that crowd, I think they'll be fine. I've got Iowa State to cover the spread. I picked them a win by 10, which is a little, uh, I don't know. I forgot the word I'm trying to go for. It's not as much as I could choose them to be, mm-hmm. but I'm conservative. moderate. Yeah, conservative. Well, I don't blame you. I mean, I'll be honest. Baylor scares me in, in Waco. I don't care who oh, it yeah. is. Just because, like, they've shown you what they can do against the best team in the league in Waco, or right now the best team in the league, what we think to be the best team in the league in Oklahoma. Um, you know, they've shown you what they can do in games like that. West Virginia, who is no punk, um, you know, they showed you what they can do against them. So that's definitely – you gotta you have to respect this team. Uh, it's mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's it's easily – not an understatement at all to say this is by far the best 1-7 team in the entire – 1-9 Absolutely. team in the entire country. Uh, and maybe the best one in nine team we've seen as far as how they're playing. Definitely not talent because, again, they're missing a lot of depth. But, uh, you know, in the way they're getting out of this team week in and week out, the energy, I, this is the scariest one in nine team in maybe a long time. So uh, you get them at home and it just it escalates that much more. Um, all right, let's move on to second to last game we got on the board this week is OU and Kansas. Um, <laughs> whoa, FBI changed a little bit. Uh, the matchup predictor here. Uh, is equal to the worst I've literally ever seen. Amen. Uh, since we've been doing the show for uh, now, this is our second season, I've literally only ever seen this one other time, and I can't even remember who the game was. And it may have evolved Kansas then, too. Uh, Honestly, I think it's generous on Kansas' side. I'm not going to lie. Well, it was this morning, 99-1. to 1, So it, something's happened to make it go to 1.5. I don't know what it was. Uh, it's changed just in the last two hours. But... I think 1.5 is generous. Uh, probably. I mean, you're you're talking about uh, – and here's the thing. If you go look at Can- – and this is definitely, again, not, not an understatement. This is the probably the worst um, Power 5 team in the entire country. I, I, I can't are, put, put any and – here's, and here's the, some evidence to back that up. Their, some of their rankings nationally are like 150, 130, 140. Guys, there's only 130 teams or 128 teams or whatever in, in in FBS, so they're behind FCS squads here, in a lot of in a lot of these rankings. Uh, still Division One, obviously, but FCS. So, 
I mean, that, I just, I, yeah, I don't know how to sum it up any better than that. You're going against the most efficient offense in the country, the guy who's going to leave with the most three efficient seasons in the history of quarterback play in college football since they've been keeping these numbers. Um, you know, this this offense is putting up numbers that think people haven't done since 2005, 2004. Yeah. Uh, in some ways, it's outperforming the 2008 Sam Bradford offense in certain areas. Um, and a defense that is playing better. And, and again, this pattern we've seen with Oklahoma year after year here lately. They start putting it together in November, um, and that's what they're doing. They're, or at least that's what it appears they're doing. Um, they're, they're starting to become kind of a complete team that we see, you know, you, you definitely had running backs that were efficient and, and doing enough in this offense to be dangerous. And then, oh, all of a sudden in the last three weeks, you get Rodney Anderson, who's killing people. Um, so now you go from a, a set of backs that's efficient and changes constantly to a running back that can absolutely take you apart. Uh, so, I mean, that just adds another thing to it. Run game and pass game. Yeah. Uh, defensive line that is really starting to play really well. Uh, guys that had been out or uh, suspended in the case of, uh, oh, I forget his name, uh, from uh, Lawrence, well, at least from Lawrence, Kansas. He came down to Kansas and OU when he picked. I can't think of his name now. Uh, you know, PED suspension for a year. Uh, you know, on and on and on. Um, these guys are starting to put it together. Devonta Lampkin, who's, you know, everybody knows his history with Texas and everything. Um, you know, these guys are putting it together and they're starting to play better. And then, oh, you have two freshmen, well, three freshmen in the secondary last week, but two freshmen at corner that, I mean, by comparison, Norwood already has like three or four more pass breakups in the little bit he's played than Jordan Thomas does the entire season. Um, so, I mean, you know, you got a defense that's finally starting to put it together with this offense. It just, I don't know, guys. What can we be excited for Kansas in this game for? Anything? To score seven points. <laughs> I, I mean, that's that would be it would be an accomplishment. I, I really think no, even as, even as bad as this defense has played at times, I think you're starting to see it put it together. And if that's the case, seven points might be an accomplishment. No, honestly, I think Kansas will score fourteen because I look at it being kind of it's a long way back, but like the OU UTEP game, how they UTEP's first drive, they just smashed the defense and went right down the field and scored seven. Mm-hmm, it I happens think a lot. Going to come out. I think OU's going to come out not really sleeping, but just not really taking anything seriously. But I think Kansas will end up scoring about 14 on them, but I don't think they'll have a chance. Well, if you look at Oklahoma throughout the season, a lot of the times the first drive, sometimes even the second drive, have been poor on their part. Look at TCU on that second yeah. time they touched the ball. Um, I mean, it just it, 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 they, they have been poor early, and some of it's coaching. Uh, you know, it's something I talked to the Football Brainiacs guys about and read through their articles. Mike – kind of does this play calling where he's kind of figuring you out and feeling you out and won't bring anything really. Uh, and then once he feels like he's got a, a pulse on what you're trying to do, then he, you know, then he opens things up and starts attacking. Uh, and it does, it gets them kind of whipped early on. Um, I'm not a fan of it, but that, I mean, he's the million dollar coach, nothing I can do about that. Um, so, you know, that, that is, that is a shot for Kansas early. Um, because I'm telling you what, I could easily see this thing ending up like the Kansas State game a couple years ago in Lawrence, where they won like 55 to 10 or something like that. Uh, and by the end of the first quarter, it was over. Um, 2015 game was 55 to nothing. Yeah, or it was 55 to nothing. Okay, I could easily see this game going something like that. Now Kansas is not bad offensively. I mean, they're averaging 20 points a game, guys, for a team that has been so poor. They're averaging almost three touchdowns a game. So. Um, you know, and again, this is not the best defense in the league by any means. Now, it has a lot of talent on it when it plays right and puts it together, but it doesn't do that and hasn't done that. 
um, you know, until just recently. So, um, you know, if Oklahoma, pretty much, if you get anywhere near the Oklahoma team that played against TCU, Kansas is in for a world of hurt. If you get the Oklahoma team that come out against Iowa State's or the uh, Baylor's or on and on and on, where they just Kansas. took the foot off the gas, then they're, Kansas can, can make some headway in this game. Corey or Tyler, you got any thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, just a couple. I think, like y'all said, there there could be a slow start just because playing in Lawrence is a drag. I mean, I think I think that's really what in the end um, screwed Texas over last year in that loss. Uh, it's just it's not a atmosphere to go in and you know be psyched up to play. But at the same time, I think Baker Mayfield is just such an intense guy that he's not going to let this team just sleep sleepwalk into that stadium and uh, let Kansas hang seven on them early. Um, if they do score, I think it's going to be Sims with like a deep touchdown pass or something. Uh, and I think it'll come in the second half when OU's got their twos in. Other than that, I think Oklahoma covers 37 point spread. Okay. I, honestly, I think when it's all said and done, Oklahoma covers it too. I just don't see uh, anyway, Kansas, I, I don't know, again, uh, there are some ways Kansas can do it, but it's going to have to take a really poor showing, uh, you know, showing by Oklahoma, especially defensively. Uh, and then also, you know, to think that they're not going to put up 50 points in this game, I just I just don't see it. Uh, any, final, any final predictions on this game? I know it's kind of dark and dreary prediction for Kansas there, but I don't really know what else to do at this point. 73-7. Who said – what did you say, Tyler? 73-7. Is that, is that too much Too much confidence? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You do, honestly. Well, here's the thing to keep in mind, too. Riley this week, um, you know, obviously his brother's on that staff at Kansas, for those who don't know. That's, yeah. no, that's number one. Uh, number two, he's talked about how good of friends him and David Beatty are all week and how much he respects him as a coach and how much time they spent talking, and obviously he introduced his brother to Beatty and got him the job to some degree, got him to interview and all that. Um, so I don't know that Riley will cut it that loose on him. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, oh, yeah, that, that's that makes why sense. I'm not saying I'm going to pick OU to cover the spread, but I'm going to say they'll cover it by about a point because I don't think – I think Baker Mayfield comes out halfway through the second quarter and Kyler Murray comes in, and they basically just run a read option offense the rest of the game and score a couple of touchdowns here and there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, it, what I, that's another thing I was going to say. You're going you're gonna to get the best look at Kyler Murray that you've gotten all year as far as playing time goes. Well, I think um, – I, I do agree. I think Kyler Murray is going to play a lot in this game. But, you know, also I think Oklahoma could use some style points. I don't – I don't think there's any fear that, you know, people talk about, well, Wisconsin may sneak up and get them if they beat Michigan this week. Maybe. Um, again, in the end, I don't know that it matters. They both kind of control their own destiny, and I don't know that I buy Wisconsin beating Ohio State. Um, but that said, you know, I, I think Oklahoma could benefit from a 55-7 to win or something like that a lot more than a, a 35-10 to or something like that, which I, I think they're going to do much more damage than that. But – if it doesn't go that way, you know, I, I definitely, I, I just, I think there's something to be said for style points. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but, you know, destroying a team you should destroy, I think you need to do that to some degree. I don't think you need to take their heads off, but, you know, if you can put up 50, put up 50. They need to hang half a hundred on them after the Iowa State performance and the Baylor performance because, 
obviously looking at Baylor now, sitting at one and nine, and everybody says, "Oh, but they hung with Oklahoma, and that has been a knock on the Sooners all year." Mm-hmm. So if they only score, if my prediction is correct, and they just put Kyler Murray and they kind of just go after first downs, and they only score forty points, then it may hurt them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Wisconsin's as big a worry for Oklahoma because Miami and Clemson still have to play each other. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I think they'll be fine, but I just think they could benefit from it. If they want to secure their place in the top four this week, I think they need to tee off on them, uh, at least if to Texas some degree. Can, if Texas can score 42 <clears throat> points against Kansas, I don't think OU's going to have any problem. I don't think they will either. Again, I think it, <laughs> I think it comes down to what Riley does. Uh, I mean, it just be accidental scores. Right. Yeah. I mean, Might may see another, another knee on the two yard line. I mean, when this yeah. when this offense is firing on all cylinders, it's it's filthy dangerous and it's basically almost unstoppable. But you know, then you get to like basically what they did in the second half of the TCU game, where you could tell they had changed the pace. They weren't taking the big shots. You know, all that kind of stuff. If they get into that little shell, you know, now again, TCU is a whole other animal than T, than K, KU is, but. You know, I don't know. To some degree, if they don't do some of that, I don't know how much how much scoring will get done in the second half. But we'll see. I think if Kyler Murray comes in, I think he cuts it back loose. I think you have to. It's your backup quarterback. If they can't stop him, then that's on them. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. All right, let's move on to the last game on the schedule real quick, so we can let y'all guys get out of here. Um, Kansas State and Oklahoma State. This one's had an interesting history here lately. Uh, Kansas State's made these games real interesting. I don't know. You guys' first takes on this game, either one. Tyler, do you have any thoughts on this game at all? Um, yeah, I mean, with all the drama that's going on up there in Manhattan right now with uh, Bill Snyder, who may or may not have, you know, uh, sabotaged the whole coaching situation, um, I think there's just a lot of distractions up there. And Oklahoma State's coming out with something to prove after uh, – after a close game against Iowa State and the loss against Oklahoma. So I think Oklahoma State's really going to come out, you know, guns blazing and just put it on Kansas State. Uh, I, I, that's, I mean, I definitely can see that scenario. Um, the, only, the one thing I will point out, though, uh, and I can't take credit for this because I heard somebody else mention it on a show, but I wanted to mention it on here. Um, the only team that Oklahoma State has beaten, you know, because everybody's talking about the spread on this game, uh, can Oklahoma State cover it? You know, it's 20-point spread, all that stuff. Uh, the only team that Oklahoma State has even beaten by 14 or more in the league is Baylor. Every other team they've played, they've let them back into the game, they've struggled to put them away, or they've gone toe-to-toe with them the whole game. And again, you know, some of that can be said for the teams they've played, obviously. But I just, I, I think that's important here. To, to show that Oklahoma State, while we see them as this, you know, incredible offense, uh, you know, part of it's the defensive play, but part of it's also just the inability to to just be – put a complete game together offensively. There's laws in their game where Rudolph can't hit the passes that he needs to or they're not getting the right play calling to get them down the field or, you know, on and on and on. So, um, you know, it, it may mean nothing. It may turn out to be nothing. They may win this game. And here's the other thing. Kansas State – People look at them as this poor offense. Here lately, they've been putting up 30 points, 50 points, 40 points. I mean, they whatever. I can't remember the last three or four games. But going back to Oklahoma, uh, they've been putting up good good amount of points on people here lately. So especially for them, when you look at the offense that they are thought to be anyway. Uh, so I don't know. I I think this game ends up closer than people think. I I, I just Kansas State seems to be on fire right now for for them offensively again. 
from what we used to them being offensively. Uh, and Oklahoma State just hasn't been able to put a team away really like they should since Pitt, probably. I mean, is that the last game they really put somebody away? Unless it was before <laughs> South Alabama, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pitt, they beat them. I mean, that game was so bad. I remember them having shots of people sleeping in the stands. I remember that, oh, old, yeah. that old man. I mean, that, that game was horrible. Um, and that's probably the last game I can vividly remember. Oklahoma State I mean, just put maybe, somebody away. They beat Baylor 59-16, uh, I guess, four weeks ago. And West okay. Virginia three weeks ago, 50-39. Other than that, everything's been close. Okay. The so, 50-39 West so, Virginia game, we all know, that was much closer than 11 points. For sure. Mm-hmm. And Baylor, the Baylor win was impressive for what Baylor did against Oklahoma the week before that. Right. Yeah, I'd forgotten the Baylor score got that out of hand. So you got Baylor. That's the only Big 12 team that they've just absolutely put away. So I, I don't know. It's something to watch. Uh, anyway, I, yeah. I think I think to just go out there and say, yes, this game's going to be three or four touchdowns. But, again, you also have to look at the history of this game. <laughs> for whatever reason, Kansas State here lately has had some success against Oklahoma State in games they've had no business being in. Um, I just think that's interesting. And, and in Stillwater a couple of years ago with, you know, basically your glorified receiver playing quarterback, uh, <laughs> you know, gave them everything they wanted. Um, and, again, you have to ask yourself how focused is this Oklahoma State coming off of a big win in Ames that they desperately needed. Um, and I don't think they're going to lose. I'm not saying that by any means. I, I think they win this game, and they probably end up winning somewhat comfortably at the end. But – uh, just don't be surprised if you look up in the fourth quarter and this is a, a nine-point game or something like that. That's all I'm saying. The big... yeah, that... Go ahead, Go ahead Tyler. I, I was just going to say, I, I think that's a, that's a valid point. Um, I just looking at the stats right now, 303 passing yards per game for the Kansas State defense. I just, I just think Mason Rudolph is going to take control there. and uh, James Washington trying to make his, his point for the – uh, best receiver in the in the nation. I just don't see how they're going to sit sit back and let Kansas State stay in this game. No, definitely. I I think that excuse me. I think that very easily could happen. Um, I I could see them. You know, I could easily see them beating them fifty five to seven or something. But I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, and again, you got to think Kansas State's game they play. They grind the ball. If they get and again, Oklahoma State's a little differently playing them in Stillwater, but. Um, you know, if, if, if Kansas state's allowed to sit on the ball at all, um, you know, it, it, they, next thing you know, it could turn into somewhat of a TCU type game where Oklahoma state doesn't get near as many touches. So they've got to make those touches count. And if they don't, if there is a few three and outs, if there is a few punts, you know, like I said, next thing you look up, it's the fourth quarter and they're right there in this game. So definitely something to watch. And then also you could get the, like I said, it's easy, just as easily get the other side of that where Oklahoma state goes off. So I don't know. I just think I just think people are are dismissing this game a little too easily. That's all I'm getting at. Uh, you guys got a final prediction on this game? Uh, one last note that I had was that 16.1 is a percentage that FBI gives Kansas State. I think that's kind of low. I'm not saying they're going to win. Mm-hmm. That's that seems a little low to me. As far as the prediction goes, I think Kansas State's going to cover the 20 point spread. I see OSU winning by about 17. But I do think that over and under at 65 is going to get broken. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do, too. I think that's kind of – again, I think that's too – I think that's people at Vegas not paying attention lately. Uh, you yep. have a Kansas State offense that is putting up points. Regardless of how it happens, they are scoring. Um, and you got the TCU game from five weeks ago. They've scored 35, <laughs> 30, 30, 42, and 23. I think yeah. they're okay. Exactly. That's my point. I mean, they're they scoring. So, 
Uh, and again, the Oklahoma State defense, there's something to be said. They playing, they're playing better defense here lately. But um, you know, I, I just, I don't know. And maybe the, again, I, you just never know. Things are crazy. They could totally shut them down. But I just, I think Kansas State is dangerous enough that I agree. I think the over gets broken. Um, and I think Kansas State probably covers. I, I do. I now, I don't know score. I mean, um, I mean, I, I'm gonna say. Mm, probably something like 45, what's mm, he, like 45-28 or something like that. I'll go with something like that. That sounds about right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think they could score. I think they could, you know, cover it too. So, um, any final thoughts on this thing or any other games before we get out of here? You just predicted the exact same score that I did for this game. <laughs> did I really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had 45-30, so we're all pretty much in the ballpark there. Okay. Back up. All right, yeah. I mean, I definitely think that's about where this thing ends up. I and mean, I don't know, Kansas State. I just think people again look at FBI. I just there's people aren't taking them seriously enough. No. Um, which I know I know FBI is an analytical thing, but still, um, it's just uh, there's a lot of predictions aren't taking them seriously enough either. As far as another game, uh, I don't I don't want to derail anything, but I just got to add my two cents in the fact that Mercer and Clemson playing FCS opponents in November <laughs> is the Dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Mercer, you mean Alabama playing Mercer in Clemson? Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, that's definitely been a popular topic um, the last oh, few yeah. years is the SEC and now, I guess now the ACC uh, somewhat falling in line there with uh, with playing opponents. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know. I hate. I hesitate to call it dumb because you I don't I hate to dismiss them this easily but you basically get a bye week in November that other people yeah. aren't getting although um, as the biggest qualm that everybody like all the Alabama fans are going to say well Oklahoma plays Kansas that's not our fault we don't schedule conference <laughs> games well and here's the other thing it is the SEC's fault to this degree they refuse to go to nine game conference game schedule yes. they will not do it uh Saban is the number one don't fool yourself. He's the number one not you know against it. Doesn't want it to happen. Absolutely. Um, there was rumors guys like Les Miles were for it in the past. Some of the other coaches that were in the SEC, some of the new blood that's in the SEC, I haven't heard a lot. I think Melzon's for it, um, but I, I you know I haven't heard anything definitive here lately in recent years. But I mean that, this is on them. Uh, if they would play a nine game conference schedule like everybody else does, minimum nine games, uh, league games, obviously. Uh, you know they're not they're not playing the Mercers of the world, but until somebody forces them to do otherwise, until again, I am of the opinion and will stay of the opinion, college football needs a commissioner, it needs a governing yes. body that makes everything equal for all parties, uh, and, and again, if that means splitting off the the F, you know the non the group of five teams, and giving them their own set of rules and their own title to play for, so that you can make it even playing field for everybody, then I'm all for it. Um, you know, whatever has to be done to get that done. But there needs to be a governing body, a standard set of rules, a standard set of punishments, on and on and on and on. Stop letting these conferences govern themselves and doing whatever the hell they want to do. Um, My final thought on this whole thing is that until Nick Saban is no longer at Alabama, nobody in the SEC will do anything he says not to do. Oh, no, no. I mean, he, he's got as much and more pull than the commissioner does. Uh, I don't if yeah. 13 other SEC teams say they want to do something, if Nick Saban says no, they're not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he might as well be the governor of Alabama. I mean, he can, yep. do, he can do whatever he wants to do. So, uh, and he's by far the highest in the uh, state paid employee there. So, um, so, I mean, you know, uh, he's, he's, I mean, to some degree, he's earned, he's earned his weight, but 
again, they let it go a little bit beyond football and a little too far, in my opinion. So, anyway, um, anything else we need to get to? I mean, obviously, the other, if, if a couple other big games you want to touch on, Wisconsin plays Michigan. That's an important one this weekend. It's it's really a bad weekend. So, um, yeah, it is. Uh, if you've got a wife or girlfriend, you need to get some some brownie points on. I it's probably a good weekend. To, probably a good weekend to go do that. Um. Wisconsin-Michigan game is intriguing, but unless or Michigan decides to have an offense for once in their life, I don't think it'll be close. I don't know. I Michigan's defense is really good. Um, they are. So and and Wisconsin is not an offensive juggernaut by any means. Um, you know, and I, I much like the Iowa situation a few years ago, uh, I don't give them much credit. I I think it, I would take and and they may win, but I would take a few of the Big Twelve teams against them right now. Uh, I would take TCU over them. I would take Oklahoma State over them. I'd take Oklahoma over them. Um, maybe Iowa State, maybe. Um, West Virginia, I'd probably State take the like Big Ten team in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. Uh, that's a good illustration. Um, they they really do. Um, and, and, you know, they do a little bit of better job against our offenses than Big Ten teams would, though. I I don't think the Big Ten teams understand how to stop our offenses as well as Iowa State and some of the others do, so – um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I would take a few teams to beat Wisconsin and Wisconsin may win much, a bunch of those, who knows, but I just, I, they haven't done anything for me to buy them yet. And, and even beating Michigan this weekend, even if they house Michigan this weekend, I really still don't think I'll buy them. Um, they're going to have to go knock off Ohio state or somebody like that and look good yeah. doing it. It can't be Ohio state's fault. Um, this is Wisconsin's first ranked matchup of the entire year. And Michigan is at 24. So basically, if Wisconsin wins, then Michigan gets knocked out, and they still don't have a top 25. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't want to be conspiracy, <laughs> but I think there's some there's a reason Michigan's 24 this week. They weren't yep. ranked. Uh, they kicked West Virginia out, and now Wisconsin has a quality win. It's just uh, like whenever LSU was off. playing Bama, they kicked LSU to what, like 21. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's um, there's a lot of fishy stuff going on when it comes to ranking these Big Ten teams and SEC to some degree, even though the SEC is not helping its own case. And the league doesn't look very good. Uh, there's still, there's definitely some fishy stuff stuff going on there. So, all right, um, I'll let you guys get out of here. Hey, thank you guys for joining me so that we could make a show today. I really appreciate it. Um, if not, we definitely would not have gotten a show out this week. So, thank you both for coming on so much. Absolutely. Yeah, man, no problem. Um, again, uh, let's so guys can follow so everybody can follow you guys, find you guys. Corey, you're our ISU guy. Where can people find you at? The Iowa State account is Cyclones underscore B12C on Twitter. Tyler? And then the Texas account is Longhorns underscore B12C. All right. Uh, I guess that'll do it, guys. Um, uh, We will be back again, barring some unforeseen circumstances like this week, uh, Sunday. Uh, We'll have a few interviews. We've also got some lined up next week. I will be having a baby. Well, I won't be having a baby. My wife will. Uh, but there will be a baby coming uh, next Wednesday, so I probably won't be around in the middle of next week. I'll try to call in for the show um, if I can. So you guys will probably hear from Colin and Kendall and Brady next week, uh, at least during the middle of the week. I should be around for the Sunday show. Um, and I've already lined up some interviews, so they should have people to talk to and everything. So uh, I guess that's about all I got. If that's it, then I guess everybody say bye until next time. Bye, guys. Thanks. I got one more thing. Oh, Texas what? wins 24-17 defensive touchdown to put him over. <laughs> okay. What? I don't know why that had to wait till the last second of the show, but okay. <laughs> what you say? Get, get the attention of the people. All right. <laughs>
All right, guys. We'll see y'all later. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Bye.